The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. For these daily life practice retreats, I like to offer, aside from the kind of basic tools that help us become mindful in our daily life, daily lives, um, a theme for the week to kind of uh, bring some richness into the practice. And the theme that I thought of uh, this week is the theme of intention. And partly this theme came for me because, um, you know, it feels like there's so much stress and struggle in our country, particularly these days. Um, And um, some amount of that stress and struggle comes from intentions misplaced perhaps or not connecting with the deeper intentions what are our deeper aspirations our deeper intentions and so um, as I reflected on this I realized that for myself how powerful it is to remember what my basic intentions are you know my my aspiration there are different levels of intention that we can explore in in this, um, the Buddhist path, uh, three three levels that I'll just mention briefly. Um, there's a kind of the, the broadest level of intention, which is what's our aspiration? What, what where does our heart want to go? You know, what does it want to? Does it want to be happy? Does it want to be of service? Does it does it want to find peace? Um, does it want to um, um, be at ease in the world, no matter what the conditions are? What is your deepest aspiration? This is a form of connecting with our intention. That essentially, as we uh, recognize what our what 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 our deepest direction is, what our our kind of our most um, uh, the the aspiration that guides us or is kind of a compass for us in our lives. Um, remembering that can be really helpful as we go through our day. Are our actions in our day in line with this aspiration or not? And so that's that's one level, this level of aspiration. Um, and uh, there are different ways to, like, for instance, if our aspiration is to happiness, um, and the Buddha had some teachings around happiness that aren't what we could say are our conventional wisdom or understanding around happiness. Most of us in our lives, in our, uh, the way we've been brought up, we've been trained through our cultures, through our families, through just seeing in our lives what leads us to feel better. We believe in some way that getting what I want 
is where happiness comes from. You know, that if I can manage to get everything that I want and get rid of everything that I don't want, that would be happiness. And um, the Buddha pointed to this as a really fundamental misunderstanding around happiness. He discovered in his own um, life, in his own exploration, a kind of happiness that is independent of conditions in the world that doesn't require us getting everything we want in order to have this happiness, in order to have this ease of heart. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the teachings that the Buddha offers kind of shakes up our perspective on happiness. And so, you know, if we, if we think of happiness as getting what we want, then our motivation becomes greed if we're trying to get things or, or aversion if we're trying to get rid of things. And this, um, the Buddha began to understand that greed and aversion, while they, they kind of can create some level of happiness, you know, get what we want, we do have a moment of feeling, ha, ah, figured it out, got it, <laughs> happy now. And yet, and yet it doesn't last for very long. And so we're, we're caught on this wheel of endlessly trying to construct the world to be the way that we'd like it to be. And that very constructing process, that very process of needing to have things be the way we'd like it to be, already contains dissatisfaction, already contains struggle, already contains suffering. And so, you know, the Buddha is pointing us in a completely different direction. And this is the, the teaching on wise view, uh, the beginning of the Eightfold Path. What, what actually does lead us towards a deeper kind of happiness? And the Buddha's own discovery was that the release from greed, aversion, and delusion is where a deeper kind of happiness is found. In fact, that is his definition of freedom. The absence of greed, the absence of aversion, the absence of delusion, this is freedom. It's a, it's a kind of happiness that's different than the kind of happiness we get when we get what we want. And so it takes some degree of trust, some degree of watching our own minds to see kind of the, the underlying um, tension that happens as we're engaged through this practice of greed and aversion. As we're, as we're acting on greed and aversion, there's this underlying tension of, dissatisfa- of, dissat- of a dissatisfying nature because of those states themselves. And so it's, it's so hard for us to begin to understand that the greed and the aversion themselves are at core the, the reason why we are struggling. You know, greed is not going to tell you that um, if you let go of greed, this won't be an issue for you. <laughs> Greed is fully hooked into its belief that I need to get that thing. So it's got this underlying delusion that it has to be satisfied in order for happiness to happen. And yet what we can begin to see is that as a form, uh, as, as these states begin to release, as greed, it, we can just explore this in our, in our lives. You know, something, if we have a, some simple kind of desire So we're caught by some simple kind of desire, like I want to have that cup of coffee, you know, that latte, you know, we just, we we feel ourselves pulled by that. What happens if you just watch that pull? 
it'll eventually go away. And what happens when it goes away? The mind no law, or, or, or begins to understand that it was kind of caught in a trap, believing that it had to have that thing. And then as that wanting releases, it recognizes, I didn't have to have that thing. So, so this, uh, the kind of the, the bigger level of aspiration towards happiness, towards peace, towards ease, we have to understand it, not in our conventional way, but more in this, uh, you know, the, the, the Buddha pointed us to looking at things a little more deeply, uh, a little more um, unconventionally, what leads to a deeper kind of happiness, of ease, of peace. And then the, the kind of what direction we're headed begins to motivate us to engage in the world in certain ways. And this is, this is the aspect of the, the Eightfold Path that um, begins with wise intention, uh, the intention towards non-harming, the intention towards uh, letting go of having to have things to be the way we want them to be. And the intention towards um, um, compassion. So compassion, kindness, and renunciation um, begin to be kind of motivators for, for our uh, actions in the world. And this takes us into those... Um, those trainings, the precepts that we talked about earlier, that these are kind of foundational principles that help us connect to these intentions for our lives. And so one of the, one of the kind of practices um, I'll point to is take some time in the next day, maybe, maybe before the next time you come back, and reflect on what is a deep aspiration for you? What is that pull in your heart towards being the best you you can be? What is that? It, will be, it may manifest itself differently for, different, for, for everybody. But just what is that? What is that pull for you? And then reflect on how that might begin to inform your day. Now there are times, of course, when, you know, so a deep, a deep aspiration for us may kind of create these like ideal circumstances, like, oh, if I really want to um, dedicate my life to, to, um, to the Dharma, for instance, maybe I should become a nun. This one was up in my mind for a chunk of time. And I did, I tried that. You know, I, I went off to Burma and I ordained as a nun for four and a half months and discovered for myself that that wasn't my path. Um, and so, you know, we can have these idealized, you know, impressions of what heading in the direction of that aspiration might look like. And yet, what I'd like to encourage you to do in that noticing your, what is your deepest aspiration how can it begin to inform your life now? Not that your whole life has to change, but how can it begin to inform your life now? What choices are you making in your day that, that uh, might support that? 
And so if, you're, if your aspiration is to, um, to be happy, for instance, one choice that might lead to, simple, really simple choice, is to um, say to... This, this one came, I read, I read something yesterday that, that uh, just popped this one into my mind. Say hello to ten people with a smile on your face every day. See what happens if you work to bring that intention towards happiness into everyday actions. And so again, I I'd encourage an, a kind of an exploration, a reflection on um, you know, what kinds of ways might you engage. And so you're going to the grocery store, for example. You know, it's not that, it's not that we stop going to the grocery store when we have this higher aspiration towards peace. But can we somehow connect the activities in the grocery store, the, the shopping, the, you know, towards that aspiration of peace? How, how might they connect? They, they don't have to be separate. Towards that aspiration of... So, so you know, one simple thing might be to, to become aware of the people around you so that you're not cutting people off you know, bringing a peaceful mind to the activity of shopping. What does that mean? So this is a, this is a, a kind of a way, this, this kind of exploration around intention requires mindfulness because it, it asks us to um, be aware in our activities of how are they connecting with our deeper Motivations are deeper intentions. The Buddha pointed to three key intentions, which I mentioned a moment ago, in the Eightfold Path, in the uh, aspect of the Eightfold. The second factor of the Eightfold Path is wise intention. And the three intentions he pointed to were renunciation. And this is really about exploring what do we need? What do we really need? You know, uh, we're, we're so often, as I said a few minutes ago, driven by this desire to have what we want. But are those things just things we want? Are, are they necessary? Are they really necessary for us in our life? Or are they simply reinforcing this feeling of, I get what I want, I have a moment of happiness, and, and then I feel like everything's okay for a few moments. And so that, that renunciation peace or a letting go perhaps of things that are unnecessary so on this week you could explore some aspects of this renunciation practice in terms of simplifying your life Um, you know maybe while you're having your breakfast don't try listening to the radio and reading the, the news and having your breakfast and having a conversation with your partner all at the same time maybe simplify or maybe while you're driving let go of listening to the radio. Just explore some, of, some ways that you might simplify your life and see what happens. So that's one of the areas the Buddha encouraged with, with wise intention on the Eightfold Path is renunciation. And my talk tomorrow night at the Monday night class will be on this topic. So I'll give a more extensive talk on intention tomorrow night. Um, the second aspect is... Um, Refraining from or letting go of ill will or, um, you know, so basically 
looking at the aversion side of the equation. Renunciation tends to look at the greed side of the equation. Uh, Letting go of ill will tends to look at the aversion side of the equation. Framed more positively, this could be, um, you know, the intention towards kindness. And so that's another useful uh, thing to see as we engage in our day is kindness an intention that's at the forefront? You know, we go, we go, we're driving on the freeway, for instance. Is kindness in the forefront of our minds? Or is getting where we're going at the forefront of our minds? So it's, it's looking at how our intention informs our actions. If getting where we're going is what's highest priority in that activity, it's going to influence how we engage with our fellow community, our sangha of drivers on the freeway. If our intention is kindness, very different experience. Not only for yourself, but for somebody else in your vicinity. So kindness, looking at where kindness can be brought in. And again, recognizing what is your actual, you know, kind of uh, most important priority in this moment. Is it connected to your deeper intention, your deeper aspiration. The third is compassion of the the three intentions the Buddha pointed to in this factor of wise intention. Compassion both towards ourselves and others when they're suffering to uh, not be kind of trying to separate ourselves from that but connecting with that. Different response, you know, to seeing somebody cutting you off on the freeway (laughs) as uh, recognizing, wow, they're really caught in their idea of having to get somewhere. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I can feel the suffering of people when I see them engaging in certain ways. In terms of the heart that is open to that, and we need to take care of ourselves. We need to make sure we're not, you know, in the way of somebody, you know, changing lanes quickly. Um, but also it creates a more of a sense of connection and more of a sense of understanding that, yeah, that person is caught in their struggles. I've been caught in my struggles too. That's a human thing. And recognizing the humanity of that helps us to connect to the compassion for, for suffering, the suffering that they're experiencing and that we're experiencing. So, um, so these these areas in our kind of in our in our day, one 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 um, exercise that Gill suggested at one point around this practice of intention was to kind of each day have a calendar practice. He would look at you know what is it that I have to do today. And um, okay, I do. I have to go to to this meet this meet. The, go to this meeting. I have to go to the store. I have to do this and this. And what what intention do I want to bring to each of these activities? This situation. Wow, there's a lot of suffering in that situation. Maybe I can bring some compassion to that. This situation where I'm I'm uh, tend to get caught in the wanting. Maybe I can bring some letting go to that. This situation, when I'm going out into the world and meeting people I don't know, maybe I can bring some kindness to that situation. 
at one point hearing this, I, I, I did my own interpretation of this. I, uh, I decided that every time I went into the Safeway, I was going to practice kindness. And so I just began, you know, that, it became my metta monastery, the Safeway. Every time I went in there, it's like I, I ended up loving going to the Safeway. It's a little secret for you, you know. It was such a fantastic experience that um, I began enjoying going grocery shopping because I was connecting to that feeling of kindness and care and also connecting to compassion because there's a lot of suffering happening in the Safeway. You know, moms with their kids and, and they're struggling to do the shopping and, you know, taking care of their kids at the Oh, the heart breaks with how, how hard it is sometimes. So finding ways to orient towards these deeper intentions in our day. And then there's the deepest level or the, the, let's say subtlest, because all of these have their depth in a way. I mean, the depth of our aspiration can go to, to, to so, can become so powerful in our lives. And these intentions around um, engaging in the world to, kind of orient more towards kindness and compassion and renunciation as in, in our relationships rather than I need to get what I want or I have to get where I'm going. Orienting towards those, um, that also can be very, very pervading in our lives. But maybe the subtlest kind of, of intention is what I'll call, um, I'll use the word volition for it. Uh, volition is not quite the right word because volition often tends to be something that we think we are doing. But this, the word volition here is translating the Pali word chetana, which is basically a very subtle impulse in the mind before any action that is taken. Any action of body, of speech, or mind, there's a subtle impulse in the mind that kind of prompts us to go in that direction. So before any time we act or speak or even think, there's this subtle moment of intention. Often the the, volition, I'll use volition here because I was using intention for the other. So there's this moment of volition, uh, this, this prompting or about to moment. There's this urge, we could call it an urge to do. That urge to do um, is motivated, is connected. It's kind of neutral in and of itself. You know, chetana, this volition, is neutral in and of itself, but it will always be connected with some kind of other factor in the mind. It'll be connected with um, a, a wanting, a greed, aversion, or delusion, or it will be connected with wisdom, kindness, compassion, generosity. So it can have, it's kind of like that urge to act can be um, joined up with wholesome qualities or unwholesome qualities of mind. And so uh, often these, um, these urges or these impulses, impulse, that's a good word for it, these impulses to act um, come from below the level of our conscious awareness we will find ourselves saying something, blurting something out without having consciously realized we were going to do that. That impulse came up from deeper in our, in our subconscious. 
It's still, that's still a kind of impulse. And what the, the meditation and the mindfulness practice, the, some of the power of the meditation and mindfulness practice is that it begins to support our capacity to see those moments. One thing that I, I sometimes say is that uh, the mindfulness begins to lower the horizon of our subconscious. You know, that we, um, a lot of what those motivations, those urges, those impulses come out of a deeper kind of terrain based on our conditioning, based on our habits, based on our uh, patterns. And we're not so aware of them. We find ourselves doing things or saying things without actually knowing that we were going to do it or say it. And the more we cultivate the mindfulness, the more possibility we have for seeing these moments, these urges, these impulses come up. And as that starts to happen, we can begin to recognize the motivation, the spin that's associated with that impulse. So, for instance, we might, um, you know, for instance, if you're doing this practice of checking, uh, uh, going to, like, notice clicking send before you hit an email. You know, it's like in that moment before you click send. If you notice that moment, and what, what this practice will begin to do is help you become aware before you do that. So noticing that moment before you click send, in that moment you might also see frustration or anger in your mind and recognize, ooh, maybe... I need to reread that message. So there's a chance for some wisdom to come in because we have seen that impulse, seen, seen that act, that impulse to act before the action happened. So this is one of the powers of, of our mindfulness practice that it can begin to reveal these moments of impulse and we can start to, uh, we can start to, to recognize when they are helpful impulses and when they are not so helpful impulses and choose exactly as was described before we we have some moment there's a moment of choice in the recognition of that moment of impulse so through the course of the week we'll be exploring all three of these levels and how they connect to each other um, but i just wanted to kind of give that set lay that out right now um, there's not a, unfortunately, there's not really time for questions about that right now, but we've got all week to have conversation about this. So, um, yeah, I, I, we have to end at 4.30, so let's just take a moment to um, connect with our intention for this week. And exploring with that intention, it's often beautiful to also aspire to this intention being of service. Not only to ourselves and our own understanding, our own awakening, but also to support the others in our lives. And so may this practice this week be of service to all those that we meet 
during the week. May it be supportive of our own understanding, our own ease and peace of mind. And may our intention towards cultivating ease and peace and kindness and compassion ripple out from us and in some way be of service of support to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy, healthy, safe, at ease. May all beings know peace. So I will see at least some of you in the morning. I hope many of you at 7.30 in the morning or tomorrow evening and or (laughs) tomorrow evening. Thank you for your attention.